Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Ooh, boy. I'm coming in a little even hot on my end. <laughs> okay. 602-508-0960. We're going to talk about cars for the next couple hours, and you're welcome to join us. If you have an argument you want me to settle between husband and wife or husband and son or whoever, whoever, um, I'm a good guy to do that. You can also send me an email, and I'll answer it at uh, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com. If you'll leave me a phone number, I'd prefer just to call you and... I'm going to call you from a blocked line for obvious reasons. I can use my cell phone, and I can do it on my way to, you know, fix a car or feed my horses or something like that. So I can pull that off. I've been in the auto repair industry for, um, well, since 1973 when I was a gas station jockey. And then in 1971 or nine, I opened up my first gas station, and then I went in the independent repair shop. And I'm in the same facility that I've been in since 1994. So in 1994, we built a new facility. And here, <clears throat> excuse me, here it is, 2019, and we're still there. So car stuff is difficult at best. And so I'm going to give you the very best advice I can give you. I've been inundated with letters that start like this. I took my car into the shop. Now, there are three kinds of shops. There's dealers, there's chain stores, and there's independents. But I'm going to lump them all into shops so that I don't beat up one category. And I, my intention is not to do that. So I took my car in, and they told me I needed new hoses. When I looked at my receipt, they had done new hoses 60,000 miles <laughs> before that. What do you think, Mark? My answer is... is I don't do my hoses at 60,000. It would be a a decision. Squeeze them. Are they soft and pliable? Do they crunch? Are they swollen? Otherwise, it's clamped at the radiator, but then as soon as it leaves the clamp, it's swollen, obviously swollen. Perhaps you drove a whole lot of miles, uh, or that 60,000 has been over 10 years. That might place a different tilt on it. But 60,000 miles under normal driving conditions is about four years. And that's not out of my comfort zone. But then again, I can't see the car. So that's the kind of conversation we likely have. The ladies seem to get a lot of, you're due for this or you're due for that. And when you're anywhere, <clears throat> it is perfectly acceptable for you to say, um, let's get my owner's manual out. And why don't you show me where that's in my owner's manual? And that that may not be something they'll oblige you with. It may be something they don't want anything to do with. Not too long ago, a friend of mine who has my cell phone number took his car in. And um, they told him that it needed a bunch of work. And he asked them to just simply fax me or send me or email me or message me an estimate and it never happened 
So he called back and he said to the young lady service writer, um, I didn't get it. Perhaps maybe it was my fault. Could you send it again? And she said, well, no, I've given that to you verbally. And that is a huge red flag because we, in order to give you an estimate, we have to combine all the parts, all the clamps, all the hoses, all the coolant, all the oil, air filter, all that stuff, whatever we're bidding. We have to go in and look up the labor and then you can say, is that is that an out-the-door price? Most of us will add 10% to the ticket for shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. Now, in Arizona, sales tax is like 10%, so a lot of us just do 15% and sometimes 20%, which ensures that we're going to be under our estimate. But I find it amazing that somebody's not willing to send an estimate. And I think he also said... Um, just write your name down and your phone number on that estimate for me. And that wasn't going to happen. Now, in the defense of service riders in many facilities, they kind of run the show. And the technician may or may not be involved in a lot of stuff. But the technician can go to the front office and say, this guy needs hoses. And the service rider, if they don't go back and say, show me, then they're going to take his word for it and they're going to call you. But see, he has to come to the to the party with some data. It's possible that the service writer's job is to look up the list of parts that the technician gave them that need to be replaced, upper hose, lower hoses, four heater hoses, clamps, coolant, that kind of stuff. That's possible. It's also possible that the, the service writer is responsible for looking up the labor. But I promise you this, 99 times out of 100, the technician will look up the labor. He wants to ensure that he's paid for all of his work. And it may very well say this, the fan belts pay an hour, but if it has an electric fan, you add three-tenths of an hour, so it's really 1.3. The technician knows that. The service rider doesn't know that. So that's why the technicians, to ensure they're paid, however they're paid, then they'll look up their labor what also happens is is the labor's 1.3 and the technician will say um oh, no it's really worth 1.5 that happens not every minute of every day not at every shop but it happens so you asking for a written estimate and please be specific on what hoses you're replacing any other ancillary parts you're putting in it which should be clamps and hoses clamps and coolant and maybe a radiator cap and then just give me some kind of a labor number for the whole thing. And if you just kind of total it out, or I'll just, you know, I'll add 15% to the ticket if you don't. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll know what I'm getting. And it's okay to say out the door. I want to know how much I'm going to write my check for before I leave home. That really puts us on the spot. And that's not an unreasonable request. Again, we already have that number. Now, there's a lot of us, like I said, they're going to have 15% to your bill. That gives us, a, if we need a radiator cap, we got the money. We got the shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. We got it covered. And when we come in under the estimate, you really, I think you really, really believe we're heroes. And that's kind of true. We did come in under our estimate. Fast story, and then I'm going to get to the callers. I don't know how long ago I got a call from a young man way east of 
Arizona. (laughs) He said, you know, my mother's been telling me about the car she's been driving and and all the money she spent at your shop, and I think you're ripping her off. That's That's a tough call to take without using bad words. So I said, well, let me just do some research. Tell me first what your mother's name is. And he did, and I pulled it up, and I said, she she has quite a few work orders. I said, it's important to know that your mom's car is like 20 years old, and she has 200,000 miles on it. I know that. I said, okay, well, let me just do some research. Give me your phone number, and I'll call you back. So this is a conversation when I call him back. I've personally reviewed every single repair order, and staff has not sold your mother any duplications of services or products. All of them are spaced appropriately over the 200,000 miles the car has. But more important, I added up all the estimates, and I added up all the actual tickets. So I have two different numbers here, what we bid and what your mother paid. We left over $500 on the table between those two numbers. So we bid $500 higher over the entire relationship than she actually paid. So, young man, I don't know if you're a son or a grandson or if you're, you know, what who you are. I think it's important for you to understand that we left $500 on the table. And if we were going to rip off Mrs. Jones, we wouldn't have done that. So, I think I'd much rather deal with her from this point on. So, perhaps you could share your concerns with her and have her call me. And I'm I'm prepared for that meeting. That doesn't happen all the time. And frankly, that phone call probably one in the last five years of something like that so it's not a real common one but you understand the point it's nice for you to get it for less than you thought you were going to get it and it's nice for us to have a little bit of fluff in there so I don't have to call you for an $8 radiator cap those are the kinds of pros and cons okay we got a caller who would that be that would be Steve Steve good morning yeah good morning my question is is there a significant uh reduce in value after a car's been in accident. I have a 2017 Nissan Versa that has 25,000 miles on it. Just got in an accident. It's in the shop, and they wrote the bill for $4,300. Now, is that going to show up on a Carfax and affect my resale value of the vehicle down the road? Yes. Who's paying for your car repair, the other driver or your insurance company? The other driver. Okay. Well, I'm going through my insurance, and they're going to submit it to the other driver who is at fault. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're in the catbird seat on this one because yeah. your insurance company's in the middle, and they're going to Correct. they're going to hopefully, depending on the insurance company, hopefully they're going to stand up for you. But you need to put your insurance company on notice that if this was the other way around, how much would you pay for depreciated value? Exactly. And and I got to tell you something. Four thousand dollar paint and body bill doesn't have a much. <laughs> doesn't have a lot on it. Did you hit the corner, one of the corners, or did you get hit in the door? I mean, where's the extent yeah, of the she damage? Pulled, she pulled out, hit the hit the front. It's the front bumper, uh, front fender, and paint the front bumper, fender, and passenger door, and you know some uh, a arm and some you know minor stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that that's just not a real big hit. And, and I don't know the answer, but your insurance company will know the answer. And so okay. it's perfectly okay for you to to talk to your insurance company and prod them to make sure you're compensated correctly. Now, if they compensate you for $4,000, they're going to give you $4,000 for your de- 
depreciated value. And they probably won't give you that because their repairs, they're going to pay for the repairs and put you back in their opinion the way the way you were. But you're right. The Carfax is probably going to show that. So you you just yeah. need to figure out what that number is. And um, and you can also get on the Internet and go to kellybluebook.com and f- tell them what kind of car you have and find out what your private part, where your trade-in value is, your private party is, your... Um, <clears throat> Your yeah, private party, and then a a brand new car. I think there's actually four categories, and I've missed one of them. So okay, that that'll help you. But good that you didn't get hurt. Did the airbags deploy? No, luckily. So like okay. I'm saying, it's you know that's one thing too. So yeah, uh, I just kind of had a. I kind of thought there might have been some depreciated value because of an accident. So I'm going to try and have my insurance pass that on to the bill. Yeah, and it's it's it is a negotiable number. So right. if they give you you know uh, eight hundred and eighty dollars, you can counter them, and or you can say to the other insurance company, "Listen, just buy the car from me at today's value. Yeah, just well, buy it from me." Yeah, and well, it's being fixed. Yeah, I understand. But if you said if if we can't agree on depreciated value, just buy the car at the value it was before the accident. Oh, I see. Yeah. And we'll be done. <laughs> yeah. they, they're point. not going to be they're not Now, yeah. um I'm going to just mention I don't don't do anything. Just be quiet. But the four insurance companies that I find and I work with all of them every day that the tie goes to the runner, okay? It's they're they're more customer oriented than than other ones. Geico, Liberty Mutual, USAA, and Farm Bureau. Those are the, now, in my opinion, oh, there's lots of them out there, but in my opinion, those are the four where the tie goes to the runner, and they're not going to get into a battle over stupid stuff, and oftentimes they'll write a check for a a small amount of money, and they're not going to fight it. If somebody wants window tin on a window they didn't have window tin on, that's probably going to be something that's going to be just handled so yeah um, don't say the name of your insurance company we're not going to go there but i just thought i'd pass that on okay 602-508-0960 if you have a car question give me a call phoenix body works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982 that's over 35 years ago helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty integrity and quality we have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the valley of the sun we are located on 19th avenue one half block north of deer valley road we're open monday through friday 7:30 a.m to 5 p.m and on saturdays from 9 a.m to 12 noon for estimates Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. 
Are you the type who's got little time for talk but still wants to be plugged in? Wants the nickel tour by someone in the know? Wants the bottom line at the top of the page and at the top of the hour? I'm Terry Gilberg. Each day I write and deliver Terry's take on the topics, a digestible version of the issues of the day, every morning at 7.04 a.m., every evening at 6.04 p.m. My content is rich, researched, and reasoned. Get a fresh take every day on air, past takes every day online. 7.04 a.m., 6.04 p.m., and over 300 takes at 960 The Patriot. Terry's Take is sponsored by Modern Round, Upscale Lounge, and Eatery. This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. Eleven million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Twenty-one minutes after the hour of ten o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and real quick, we got a couple of callers, but I got a little business to take care of. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair, I seventeen at Pinnacle Peak Road. When you name your company Strictly Diesel, what that means is is they handle foreign, domestic, light diesel trucks. They're really good on light diesel trucks, but they're exceptionally good on the Duramax, the Ford Power Stroke, and the Dodge Ram Cummins. They're really good at that. So if you've got a problem with your diesel truck and nobody can fix it or people are willing to guess with your money, may I suggest Strictly Diesel and Repair, Service and Repair, I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. You can go to their website and also shop a lot of fancy parts for your diesel that they sell, but they comment on on them as well. Let's go to the phones. Nick, thanks for holding. How can I help you? Uh, Yes, I called uh, last week uh, regarding my steering wheel on my Z3 manual transmission. Uh-huh. I forgot to get a recommendation from you. Uh, who can I go to that you can recommend will be able to determine what my problem is? Everybody else wants to charge me $200 before they give me any type of information. Okay. First of all, I think I told you this as well. Most of us are going to look at the steering wheel and we're going to go, boy, that could be a couple of different parts inside. So we have to take the column apart. But most of us are certainly experienced enough to say, Nick, it's not going to be any less than this, and it shouldn't be any more than this. And when we say it shouldn't be any more than this, we're thinking we're going to have to buy a used column, steal some parts out of it, and put it in yours. That's the worst-case scenario. What part of town do you live in? Uh, Bell and Pima at the Galmont Ranch. Okay. I'd go to Blackwell at 40th Street in Greenway. Blackwell. 40th Street in Greenway. 40th Street. 
and Greenway. Okay. Yeah, and, and tell him Mark. There? No, I don't. But you can go okay. on on you can get on the web or something like that, or just call okay. information. You tell him when you meet him that Mark Salem says that this is a job that's probably well out of his capabilities. But I <laughs> told you he would try, and and I promise you he can do what you want him to do. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And to you too, Nick. Thank you very much, Brad. You're up next. How can I help you? Well, Mark, I got a question here. I've got a 2005 Ford Escape. It's got 75,000 miles on it, so it's very low mileage. The concern is this car has had literally nothing done to it ever. I mean, it still has original belts and hoses on it. So what should I be looking at if we wanted to take a trip to, like, out of state a little bit? Okay, it's an 05 Escape? Yes, so it's 15 years old. It was bought... early in or late 2004 it's actually been on the road for 15 years now. okay and 25,000 miles 75,000 oh okay okay we're we're a little closer okay now let me ask you a question have you had regular oil changes done yes regular oil changes okay now, I don't think any of the other fluids have ever been changed I think it has the original coolant in it even which I'm a little concerned about okay I think I've heard you say before that can be corrosive on parts in it, and it can, and, and you're you're going to hit the nail on the head because the cooling system, the belts and the hoses, they're not made to last this long. And so if you wanted to go to California and take my kids to Disneyland, I'm not letting you. So right. I would take it into an oil change facility for the oil change, and I would say to him, I want to go on a 2,000-mile trip. I want you to look it over good. But I'm thinking belts and hoses. I don't care about brakes. How about the tires? Have you replaced them yet? Yes. Yes, okay. the tires are fine. Good, good. Cause they're, and the if, brakes have been done in a few years, but the front uh, pads have been replaced a couple of times. On okay, so we're done there, and we're not going to do spark plugs, and we don't care much about the other fluids because you're not going to break down because the transmission fluid is, you know, 10,000 past due. And I, I think if you look in your owner's manual, it's not. Um, so the only thing yeah, that's going to concern... It looks a decent color. The transmission fluid? Yeah, okay. it has a nice red color to it still. Yeah, if it smells good and it doesn't smell burnt and it has a decent color, so it has a cherry color that's virtually, you can see through it, you can see the dipstick marks, you know, underneath the fluid, then that's pretty good. The cooling system is where I go. I don't think that you're going to break down because of spark plugs and distributor, if it, and it probably doesn't yeah. have that, or shock absorbers or anything. I think the cooling system is going to be your biggest evil, your biggest perspective evil. Yeah, that's, that's been my concern, and my other concern with the cooling system is, Given the age of a car, I've never had one go that long without a radiator having a leak. Of course, I've always had more, a lot more miles on the other vehicles. But. Yeah, well, let me tell you what we all do. Um, you will look at your radiator cap, and let's pretend it's a 15-pound cap. After we put everything on it, we're going to pump it up to maybe 18. <laughs> and if uh-huh. there's a leak in the radiator, we're going to find it because we're taking it into an area it's never been before. But I want to tell you, if it's not leaking now, there's no reason it should leak later. I'm not worried about the time on, you know, the years and months the car's been old. I'm The 75,000 miles really does tell me that this, realistically, this car's four years old with respect to heat cycles. Every time it's been warmed up and cooled down. So and it's have, a daily, it gets driven, you know, two, three miles a day maybe. Okay. 
And and that's not the best thing for it because you never really get it out. It's kind of like a horse. You walk him from the barn to the feedlot and then walk him back to the barn. He's never going to run a race, and he's never really going to be a great horse. But if you're going to take a trip, you'll take a trip, and this is the time you run the horse. I don't want you to abuse it, but you're going to be going fast, and so that's okay. If you don't warm up the oil and get it to operating temperature, which is 220 or so, then you're not going to boil the water out of it. And if you don't right. boil the oil out of it, you get sludge. So you probably have that, but we'll deal with that later. That's not worth it. Cooling system, belts, hoses, and a good flush and probably a new radiator cap, I think you're going to be home free. Okay? With, I was going to ask you also, with the uh, like given, given the age of the coolant, have it been damaging the water pump? Should I be concerned with the water pump or just nope. let it go until it starts to leak then? No, get the boogeyman out of your head that that the coolant turns um, acidic. It's true uh-huh. it used to. It's true it used to, but it's been a long time since we've seen that. And I think when you do the pressure test and you look at the belts and the hoses, I think you'll be able to tell quickly if there was any negative effects. I mean, you can take the radiator cap off when it's cold and look inside. Right. You'll be able to see and some the, of the tubes with a flashlight. So, I mean, and if the it looks hoses clean, still feel soft and good. Yeah, you asked me about my opinion, and I'm completely out I of know. my oh, range. I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, and I and I follow what I mean. I'm doing eight years and eighty thousand miles on my hoses. Now, if I uh-huh. if I decide to go longer than I recommend, I recognize the risk. <laughs> right. My wife will come on the radio and say, "Don't you want to tell him about the hose that that had a hundred and ten thousand mile that blew on your truck the other day?" You know, she'll do something like that. But but realistically, I think you're going to be fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank Thanks, you, thank you, Brad. You betcha. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Kurtz Auto Repairs I seventeen and Bell Road. He's a good guy. Eric and Jeff and Kurt are all master techs. You couldn't do better than that. So they know what they're doing. They're honest. They're dependable. They have, they're full of integrity, and they're just a good shop. I-10 and Bell Road, northeast corner, Kurt's Auto Repair, 602-508-0960, and we'll be back in a minute. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. America is at war, political, social, cultural. The battle isn't just fought overseas and requires all of us. We have all been drafted into it. Radical socialism, illegal immigration, racial divides, and patriotism under siege. And threats to our Constitution arise daily. This is the war for America's soul. We will make America. 
America great again. Join us September 26th at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Fox regular and author Michelle Malkin hits the stage to talk about her new book, Open Borders. Joining her for an all-star panel are Larry Elder, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and Mike Gallagher. Go to 960thepatriot.com now for tickets. Get the best seats in the house with our exclusive VIP meet and greet tickets. Plus, info on preferred and general seating. We'll set the stage for 2020. So don't miss the biggest event of 2019, the war for America's soul, only at 960thepatriot.com. Sponsored by our friends at Guns Etc. Hey, guys, let's play some video games. This new dad plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls, twists and turns and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cord. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. Heroes and worlds. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. You don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council. Two minutes after 33, so it's 33 minutes and six seconds right after the hour. My name is Mark Salem, and um, we got a full bank of boards, and so I'm going to skip the commercials, and I'm going straight to the bank of boards. And, Bill, you're up first. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate your show. I uh, just took my wife's Honda. It's a 2004 Accord with a 3-liter V6 for an oil change. It's got 105,000 miles. Now they're telling me. They want to do a $900 job. They say adjust valves, replace valve cover gaskets, six park plugs. Uh, they say uh, because of the mileage, that's what they want to do. Okay. Uh, what's your opinion? <clears throat> this is what I tell my customers, and and it's going to be – okay, I'll just tell you. I don't believe that we should adjust the valves in the absence of a symptom. It is very lucrative. We make a lot of money. But let's look at the basics. If the lifters and the rockers are loose, there's going to be a clatter. Probably predominantly in the morning, might go away, you know, an hour into driving after you warm it up. If they're too tight, there's going to be a backfire on the exhaust or in the intake. So we wrap the spark plugs into that kind of a job, but really we don't need to take the valve covers off to get to the spark plugs. And depending on what V6 it is, we probably don't need to take anything other than a cover off the spark plugs. I agree with the spark plugs. I don't agree with the valves. If it were my car, I wouldn't do the valves. If it was my wife's car and I was in your shoes, I wouldn't do the valves. That's all there is to it. It runs perfectly. I mean, it's very smooth. It doesn't make any noise. That 3-liter V6 from Honda is a wonderful engine, and I just... I, I don't like to fix something that doesn't appear to be broke. Now, I understand getting regular oil changes and all that, but why would I do that when it's running so well? Well, and then what about the timing belt? I had that done about a year ago. Fair enough, fair enough. And that's the one. Yeah, that I'm was like $1,100, too, but yeah. I had it done. But they probably did a flush, and they, pro- they may have done belts and hoses, and certainly they probably did a water pump and some tensioners. And so the 1100 isn't out of, outside of my range. So I'm okay with that. But 
If you don't have any symptoms, there. And then the next question is: Is Marcus? How many times have you seen a Honda motor or any other motor fail because the valves were were not adjusted? And the answer is never. I've seen them fail, but they ignored the clatter or they ignored the backfire. I've seen them fail for that reason, but we knew that because the valves burn up, or we know that because the the rocker assemblies just crushed. So the answer is is. You know, you can do what you want, but I'd pass and just have the spark plugs done. Okay, why do the spark plugs when it's running so well? Um, well, 100,000 miles. You've been around the world four times, and the spark plugs are going to be used up. And I think even though it runs fine, and you can do that if you want. You can just say it runs fine. But I think when you take the spark plugs out and you ask for the old ones back, which you should, I think you'll be able to see that the electrodes are messed up pretty bad. The gap is probably a lot bigger than it ought to be, and it's not worth taking them out and regapping them and putting them back in. So if they want to do spark plugs, it and look in your manual, but I'm pretty sure at 100,000 miles you're due for plugs. Okay, I'd rather not take it back to the dealer because they're going to try to sell me all the rest of the stuff. Who would be good to do that in north-central Phoenix around 16th Street and Camelback? Oh, you got a couple good guys there, <clears throat> but a uh, 25th Street Auto, 25th Street and Indian School, 16th Street and Osborne, both of those shops. There's Martin's Auto at 16th Street and Osborne. You got Billy at 25th Street and Indian School. And neither one of them will pull your pants down. If I can use a term that I'm probably going to get in trouble for. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate I, your help. Thank you. You betcha, Michael. You're up next. How can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. I have a question regarding, uh, actually, it's not just uh, our vehicle, Cherokee Chief, but perhaps many vehicles of newer brands. And no doubt many callers have noticed a one to two second lag when you push the throttle of newer vehicles before they sometimes respond. Now, in a potentially drastic condition on the road that requires a quick response to avoid an accident, maybe a back end collision, something that re- requires you to respond or at least want the car to respond and accelerate immediately. That lag in time may represent the difference of being in an accident or not being in an accident. Are manufacturers aware of this danger, and is there anything that can be done to adjust this issue? I'm not aware of it at all. I mean, no one's ever said that to me, and no one's ever complained about that to me, and we work on thousands and thousands of cars a year. So I'm unfamiliar. I don't know... If you're experiencing that, or if you got on the internet <clears throat> and found that out, but I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. I've never had anybody bring that into my shop and say fix it. <clears throat> the electronics on your car, when you blink your eye, they've already done a hundred looks, and sees, and adjusts. So there's no reason for us to have any kind of lag unless the throttle position sensor is bad. And if that's the case, we have a check engine light. The idle air control motor is bad. We would have a check engine light. The throttle blades are dirty. We'd have a performance problem. So everything that's in that square box has a symptom. In the absence of a symptom or a check engine light, um, I'm, I'm I'm not on the side of what you said. And, okay, and, then it and, may be something unique with our vehicle then. And, and and it could be. You could need some throttle blades cleaned up. You could you could need an idle air control motor cleaned up or replaced. You could have a TPS that's not synchronized to the throttle blades. There's a lot of things that can cause a delay. Usually it doesn't come in for the delay. It comes in for a code for a check engine light. And then that leads to, didn't you have a delay? Oh, my, my wife hasn't said anything or my husband hasn't said anything. So that's kind of what you're up against. But anyway, okay. you're on your own, okay? Okay. Well, hey, thanks so much. You betcha. 
hesitation and I'll put that under Michael and Bob I can't get to you and Don and John I can't get to you but if you'll stay there I promise to get to you just as soon as we get done with this break I'm taking it a little early so that I have a whole lot of time on the back side we got two lines open if you want to follow Bob Don and John 602-508-0960 we'll be back in a minute Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Patriot Phoenix skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Patriot Phoenix. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what's your favorite radio station? That's easy. Intelligent Talk, 960, The Patriot. The Wilderness Club Resort in Montana is home to the 42nd best golf course in America. But more than that, it could be your next home community. Little humidity and not a mosquito around. The 550-acre resort features a family water park, horse park, sports park, fine dining, and a 21-acre lake with direct flights to Kalispell. You should check it out yourself. Text HOME to 76000. That's H-O-M-E to 76000. Attention! Upgrading your bathtub to a shower system can prevent fall-related injuries. Eliminating an old bathtub for a new Kohler walk-in shower can greatly increase bathroom safety. Trust your Kohler project to America's number one remodeling company, Dream Style Remodeling. Save $7.99 off a Kohler shower system with 12 months no money down, no payments, and no interest. This exclusive offer is only available by visiting DreamStyleShowers.com. That's DreamStyleShowers.com. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the Y. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the Y as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the Y. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I'm doing what I promised. We're going straight back to the phones. And, Bob, you're up next. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I have a uh, 2001 Dodge pickup with 115,000 miles on it, and I have a couple questions about the truck. Okay. Um, when I first start the truck in the morning from stone cold, you know, after setting all night, the engine seems to stumble a little bit where it almost acts like it's going to stall, but it doesn't. Um, and then after that, it seems to run fine. Okay. Um, and then I'd I be- also have... I'd be cleaning up the throttle blades. It's a fuel-injected motor, yes? Yes. Okay. I, I'd just have somebody clean up the throttle blades. I think I have about a 70% chance that that will fix it. We need air to flow about, a, a metered amount of air to flow around the throttle blades, and they get carboned up so that air's gone, so it stumbles in the morning cold. And it's not anything to be concerned about because you don't have any other symptoms. There could be some bad things with a stumble in the morning. You haven't said nothing. So I think clean up the throttle blades, and I think I have a real good chance of fixing it with that. Okay? Okay. One other, um, another question about it. I've also noticed um, I, have, I have what I think is a transmission issue, but I'm not positive. Here's what happens. The, the engine will rev up, you know, from a dead stop until it gets to about first gear where it wants to shift, and all of a sudden it feels like a slip. And I watched the tack, and the tack will shoot from 1,800 to 2,200 just instantaneously and then back down, and then it seems to shift. After that, all the rest of the shifts are normal. Um, And if I shift it manually, so if I shift it all the way in the low and manually shift it from first to second to third, I don't get that. Okay. I'm not quite sure it was designed to go heavy throttle from first gear you know, on a regular basis. I'm not quite, has the pan been pulled off of this in a long time? Has the transmission been serviced? This, yeah, the transmission was serviced by actually Thompson's last year. Okay. Well, I take it over there and show him and demonstrate that. What I think the most important thing you said was, is on hard throttle, it, it'll slide in a second, but if I manually shift it, it doesn't. Another thing you could do is called a, call ANS Transmissions, and ANS, automatic and standards, as for Alger, don't call on a Monday morning or Friday afternoon, and just say to him, I got an 01 Dodge pickup, got 115,000 miles <clears throat> on throttle up, kind of hard hard throttle up. It's got a sloppy one to two shift, but if I manually shift it, it's fine. Any ideas? And he'll guess. Now, he's a wholesale shop, but he'll take calls that I refer to him. So I would run this by Alger and see what happens. Okay. One more quick question if you have okay. a second. Um, so I recently had my truck serviced, and as part of the service, they did an oil change. And I picked up the truck after the shop closed, so they never asked me this, but they replaced my oil with synthetic oil. And this is the first time, to my knowledge, that it's ever had synthetic oil in it. Okay. Um, is that a problem, and do am I committed to synthetic from here on out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This whole idea that we're we're going to be embraced to mobile oil or a, 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 a no, the answer is no. The fact of the matter is, is when you get a synthetic oil, it's backward compatible to the 32 Chevys or Fords or whatever. So, how much was your oil change, by the way? Um, Should have been eighty to a hundred dollars. 
Yeah, it may have been. I don't have okay. it here. Right okay. Normal oil changes down to the $40 range, and then you got to blend it oil on the synthetic. Let me just quickly go over the synthetic for you, okay? First of all, the synthetic oil is not going to hurt your motor, and it's not going to use any more oil synthetic than it does anything else. Second of all, synthetic has an extended oil change interval, so don't change it at 3. Don't change it at 5. I'd go 7,500 to 10,000 miles. I don't know how many do you drive a year, but for most of us, that's one year. So you don't change it because you're going to pay for this expensive oil and a really good oil, but then you're going to change it at 3,000 miles just when it's got its legs. So hopefully they didn't put your door sticker at 3,000 miles or their window sticker. Then they turned around and sold you synthetic oil. Those two don't work together. Okay? I'll talk about oil in a minute, but I've got to get to Don. Don, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, buddy, i got uh, Tom's phone number if you want it. Um, I've got his phone number. <laughs> I got his phone number. He's talking about Tom Blackwell. Anyway, what's up? <clears throat> no, that was it. That's all. I was just—I <clears throat> had to dig down in my compartment to get it. I thought, oh, he doesn't have it on hand, you know. Oh no, I—I've so. got it. Tom is a friend of mine, and he called me the other day. And he oh, said you referred the guy to me, and I fixed his car, and he's really happy. And I said, God bless you. I gotta oh, go. I, was, I had I goodies call me the other day, and he said he had a car that was towed in, pieced, pieced apart, and I wouldn't have taken the job. And he said I took it. It was an old Mercedes Benz. I took it. I fixed him. I made him happy. Ooh, I like those there kinds of go. stories. But I gotta run, Don. Thank you very much, buddy. John, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, I want to talk about head gaskets. From okay. uh, time to t- well, about three weeks ago, that there was a gentleman that called up and he said that uh, they took his engine all apart because he had a head gasket problem. Okay, and it sounded it sounded to like you started to say, well, I could have fixed your problem for one hundred and fifty dollars or something. I, that's what it sounded to be like you started to say. But um, I have a Chevy Astro van, and from time to time, at the rear of the engine, I notice a little coolant leak. Uh, on the driveway, and I've been under uh, underneath the van and try to find it, and I haven't been able okay. to locate it yet. I was just okay. wondering if there's anything, a preventive <clears throat> thing you can do for head gaskets or anything of that nature. You've jumped way too far ahead. There's okay, there's sorry. nothing to suggest. That if it had a head gasket problem, it would leak externally a lot, and it would leak internally that would cause the engine to run rough when you started it after it sat. You don't have either one of those. It's really easy. First of all, he said he had head gas, a head gasket blown, and I told him there's a sealer that we use, and he spent a whole lot of money, and I said, it's guaranteed, so if it doesn't work, I'll give you your $150 back. But I haven't given anybody their $150 back. Number two on yours, this is easy. You take it to a shop, they do a pressure test of the cooling system. So they look at the cap, it's got 15 pounds of pressure. They put 16 in your cooling system. They take the radiator cap off, they hook on this pump, pump it up to 16 pounds, let it sit there. Come back five minutes later, they're going to be a drop in the ground. Follow the drop up, we'll figure it out. Could be a heater hose, could be a heater core, could be the back of the intake manifold. Um, It's probably not going to be a head gasket because you'd have a whole lot more than a couple of drops. So this is going to be a coolant leak at something at the back of the motor. It's no big deal. It probably is no big deal. And it could very well be hoses or something like that, a bad clamp. So you don't have the symptoms of a head gasket, and you certainly would have more than a couple of drops and the head gasket if that was external leak. And if it's an internal leak, you would have had a drivability problem on on a warm or cold startup. So you don't have that. Do you have a garage? 
Okay. All right. Take it, make an appointment, and say to them, I have a small coolant leak. How much will you charge me to lift it up on the rack and pressure test it and then estimate the work? That's what you would say. And if you were a customer of most anybody else and you had a track record with them, most of us will throw it on the rack and pressure test it because in, in, in reality, the time to throw it on the rack is is a whole lot more than than pumping it up and walking away and coming back. So thank you, John. Thank you very much. Um, when we come to auto repair shops, Action Auto's up at I-17 in Deer Valley, the northwest corner. I've known Tom since 1983. I can assure you he's a good guy. He knows what he's doing. He's not in it to, to take advantage of you. He's not in it to every time you come in to sell you everything in the world, including a gas tank flush and a polishing of your rearview mirror. None of that happens. He's really good at what he does. He has excellent customer service, a fast turnaround time. He has ASE Master Certified Technician, so he has everything you need. So if you're near anywhere near I-17 in Deer Valley, Action Auto Repair would be a good place to start. Now, okay, who we got, Gil? We have Rich. Rich, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. I hope you can help me. Say, I've got a 2003 Dodge Dakota. Uh, it's only got like 84,000 miles on it, but uh, that's not my problem. My problem is the blower, the fan blower motor uh, for your AC, uh-huh. your heat, and all that. Okay. Uh, years okay. ago, I had a resistor burnout on it. Easy enough to repair. Replaced it. Okay. Uh, that okay stop, basic- stop, 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 mm-hmm. stop. Yes, sir. We, we don't need to go through that. First of all, the resistor only handles 1, 2, and 3 speeds, and it doesn't handle 4, and you said it's completely gone, so I'm not even going to go in the right. resistor. Just does it, did it lose all of its speeds? Yes. Okay. If it lost all of its speed, do you know where the blower motor's at? I replaced the blower motor. It worked for a day, and then it stopped again. Okay. I... I, I I don't know what to tell you. I, I wish I could tell you something, but um, okay. either it wasn't the blower motor and it's the switch. So even if you replace the blower motor, if the switch is going to be intermittent, the new one will be the same as the old one. You might take the fan switch, put it on normal, and take the fan switch and just play with it every once in a while. Slide it to the left, slide it to the right, raise it up, raise it down, and see if you can get that blower motor to be, become intermittent. I check the connection at the blower motor and make sure that the connection's good and tight. Put a little dielectric grease on it, but I would okay. play with the fan speed. So if you can get it to happen, then I would change the fan speed and see if it happens. So I'd go to one, it doesn't happen. I'd go to two, it doesn't happen. I'd go to three, it doesn't happen. Four, that's the highest blower speed and that's the highest amp draw. And so if I put it on low, it doesn't come, it doesn't shut off very often. But if I put it on high, then that's when I get the problem. Well, then it's entirely possible that we've got a problem. Now, your 84,000 miles doesn't bother me, but in reality, your, your car is, what, 16 years old? So right. if, if, if it's been outside and stored, we have humidity, we have moisture, we have all that kind of stuff. Last but not least, I want you to use the fist hammer trick. So the next time it goes out, oh, I want you to... Me, I've used the fifth hammer trick with cussing. <laughs> okay, and, and I want you to do the dashboard. I, I don't Not enough to break the vinyl, but over the center of your con- climate controls. So just give it the fist bump. It, you got to get it in its bad mood and give it the fist bump. But you, you need to check the speeds first. 
And so okay. the blower motor resistor, there's going to be only three things. The blower motor resistor, which only handles three of the four speeds. Number two, the switch itself. And number three, the, the fan motor. So you've kind of eliminated the fan motor. But if you know where it's at, another thing is is to take a piece of wood or a small hammer, and when it quits, tap it on the back. And if all of a sudden yeah. it fires up, then the brushes are coming off the back of the armature, and maybe you have a bad fan. So if every time the fan quits, you take a hammer and tap the back side of the fan, the motor size, and it comes back on, I might take it off and take it out and, and tell them what you found and ask them if they'll, if they'll give you a rep- warranty that for a replacement. Okay. So good, okay. good luck to you, Rich. Good luck to you. And uh, I, I've got another hour, so if you want to join us, you can. We're going to talk about oil real quick. <clears throat> The, the concern is is that once you use synthetic, you can't use some, you have to use synthetic for the rest of your life. That's not true. We have three kinds of oils. We have conventional. That's what our mothers and fathers and our grandfathers used. Conventional has a three thousand mile oil change, and the protection it, in, it 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 gives you is kind of a narrow range. I'll give you an example. Conventional oil will burn up at about two eighty. That means it goes from a liquid to a solid. It's just like cooking a, a, a thing of butter. There, sooner or later, you're going to burn it. It'll flow out of the can at 15 below zero, but that's all. So we got 15 on the low, 280 on the high. A blended oil takes that low and moves it to 40. And on the high, it moves it to 300. Frankly, your motor's toast long before 300. So having a protection up to 300 degrees is kind of stupid. Synthetic oil goes to 60 below zero. It'll pour out of the can at 60 below zero. It'll protect your engine to 500 degrees. And like I said, your motor's toast after 300 degrees. So your gauge in the middle is about 210. 260 is going to be, you know, where you're in the red zone. And sustained driving above that for probably 10, 15 minutes is going to take the motor down to its knees. So there's two things that are different. Number one, the price of oil changes is different. Number two, the interval is different. And number three, the protection is different. So those three things are the difference between conventional, a blended oil, and they won't tell you if it's 10% conventional or if it's uh, and 90% <laughs> synthetic or the other way around. You could have 10% synthetic and 90% conventional, and we're going to call it a blended oil. Or it's called a semi-synthetic, and there's a bunch of other words. But there's a difference in price, too. You can get a conventional oil change for, I don't know, 40 bucks. I'm going to use round figures here. A blended one's going to be somewhere in the vicinity of 55 or 60. And a full synthetic's going to be between 80 and 100, depending on how many quarts you have. However, my customers, if I've got them in the, gosh, 10,000, 12,000-mile range, I bring in bring them in every April for an oil change. And they can go. The oil will go the whole year. Their car should go the whole year. But they only have to pay for one oil change a year. And that's good for them. And I use lots of people from Ahwatukee Mountain Park Ranch. They do that because they trust my judgment. So synthetic is backward compatible. You don't need to worry about your car loving synthetic because it doesn't know the difference between peanut butter and synthetic oil. We'll be back. <laughs> 